Hi, welcome to my podcast, Beyond 2050. I'm your host, Weta, and on today's episode and for the next consecutive podcast, we'll be talking about the garment industry and specifically fast fashion and ultra fashion. And I'll take you along the rise of fast fashion, tracing its roots back to contemporary society and some of the extraordinary harm it causes. So to begin, fast fashion began during the 1800s from the Industrial Revolution. And prior to that, people made homemade clothes for their families and fashion statements were really just for the elite and wealthy. And then after the creation of the industrial sewing machine, more people were wearing nicer clothes, thus increasing the demand for cheaper and faster clothes. Brands that have a few fashion seasons were now having far more in a given year. And then by the, and in, even in the 1960s, the U.S. was still producing most of their clothing, about 90% of their clothing was domestically but with the rise of globalization and the US now near um the US now nearly exports all of its manufacturing overseas this is largely due to inflation of clothing um and then cheaper labor with minimal oversight of labor practices the brand zara started this fashion revolution essentially glamorizing the idea of paying less. And I think they use the term, it's chic to pay less. And by the 2000s, this was all the rage. Zara and subsequently other fast fashion brands like H&M and Topshop could keep up with products, designs, production, distribution, and retail process by keeping it simple and allowing these brands to keep up with the fashion trends and quickly produce clothing but the fast fashion industry doesn't stop there with increased use of social media and internet culture ultra fashion is born now retailers could cut out the middleman and sell directly to consumers they could exist entirely online without having to pay for travel costs or brick and mortar stores they could increase revenues and cut costs now ultra fast fashion brands like Shein and asos and boho could study search engines and micro trends to produce real-time fashion but what comes at the cost of cheap clothes well people people in countries in bangladesh vietnam china and turkey are essentially exploited for cheap labor and dangerous working conditions. Companies, manufacturers will set a price and manufacturers are forced to make clothes for cheaper. A company may come to a manufacturer um, for a shirt and they'll sell it for $5 on the market. Now the manufacturer must make the shirt for $4. And on the other side of that are the workers who now have to work gruesome conditions to meet the demands of the company. And manufacturers can't say no 
because they'll lose business. The garment factory and in on April 24, 2013, an 18-story complex of clothing factories called Rana Plaza near Dhaka in Bangladesh collapsed. They had initially believed that, that the deaths would be at least 400, but in the following weeks, as the site was cleared, the death toll was over a thousand people and several injured. And many of these workers were young women. And prior to the accident, management was made aware of the cracks in the building, but no effort was made to ensure worker safety. And garment workers in Bangladesh specifically may only make $10 a month, meaning that they're making less than 25 cents or 7 cents in a 40-hour weekday. But workers must continue to work to provide for their families and any discussion about unionizing are often met with violence. The fashion industry goes beyond human rights issues. It's also an environmental crisis. Currently, 85% of the clothing American consume, nearly 3.8 billion pounds annually, is sent to landfills as solid waste, among, amounting to nearly 80 pounds for, per American each year, which is an astonishing number. The fast fashion industry is a multi-trillion dollar industry and is the second highest user of water, water usage in the world and produces 20% of the global water waste. To produce just one cotton shirt, it would require 2,700 liters of water, which is nearly equal to the amount a person drinks in 2.5 years. And cotton farming isn't sustainable either. Uh, it contributes to 10% of the global carbon emissions along with 25% of insecticides and 11% of pesticide use. And so if consumption continues at its current state, it's predicted that there'll be three times as many natural uses, resources needed by 2050. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond 2050. And in the next episode in this three-part series, I'll be looking into what happens when we overproduce clothes and where it all ends up. I'm your host, Wada Stephanie, and see you next time.